You've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Week two, looked at the things that hope does. Last week we looked at where hope comes from, and then last Sunday night, the fact that hope is born. We're going to look today around this idea from Titus chapter 2, if you want to turn there, of his being our blessed hope. This blessed hope that is in the person of Jesus that we have. So let's look at verses 11 to 14 of Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God <clears throat> excuse me, that has appeared, it offers salvation to all people. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for for us to redeem all of us from wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good, self-controlled, upright, and godly. (laughs) Does that look like the culture you live in? I hadn't seen seen that in our culture in in years, uh, if at all, sometimes, some of those... uh, Godly, upright, self-controlled. Um, three things today I want us to, to, to glean from this text about the blessed hope, and that's this. First is this, the, the blessed hope caused the magi to lay down their dreams for something bigger. It caused the wise men to lay their dreams down for something bigger. Listen to these verses in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Has hope ever caused you to do that? Has it ever caused you to lay down your dreams for something bigger? To look beyond yourself to see what you've never considered before? Uh, these, These magi drastically adjusted their lives and their futures. In fact, most theologians believe that it took between 18 months to three years on the journey that they took from Persia to to Nazareth. Uh, Also that there was probably a a much bigger entourage of wise men than just three guys. We we assume it's three guys because there were three gifts. But there's likely a larger traveling party with them who uh, abandoned family, not totally and forever, but abandoned family for, for a period of at least 18 months to three years to find this king. All because of a prophecy it was given in Numbers chapter 24 about the star that was supposed to take, uh, come in the heavens to announce this coming king of the nation of Israel. And they did all of that in the hope that this could all be true. They searched out and, and sacrificed in the hope that all this was true. I wonder if hope can start you on a new journey as we begin a new year. I wonder what hope would look like to you to say, I'm willing to abandon what I've known to find and experience what I haven't known in him. Wonder if our if our commitment is that deep. I promise you, if it is, it'll be worth the trip, however long it takes for you to find that. Because blessed hope caused the magi to lay down their dreams for something bigger. Secondly, the blessed hope caused the shepherds to leave their jobs for something better. Caused the shepherds to leave their jobs for something better. You've heard this text from Luke two fifteen to nineteen. It says, "When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another." 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Shepherds had to leave their jobs for something bigger. Has hope ever caused you to do that? Has it caused you to leave, to walk through an open door, not knowing what's on the other side, but believing what's on the other side is better than what's on this side? Has it caused you to, to abandon what you, what you know for what is unknown? Sometimes our, our lives are so predictable and so ordered that even an angel choir appearing in the sky couldn't move us from where we are. Sometimes we're, we're so entrenched because that's what we know. We, it's predictable. It's manageable. And that's, all, that's all we've ever experienced before. It couldn't move us off of this self-guided path we're on. The shepherds didn't care about losing their jobs that night to discover something bigger and something better for them. I wonder if that's true of you. I wonder if, if, if you heard a word of God speak to you and concerning what you do for a living, if you're willing to move into something else and do something else. Um, we're going to start a series in January on the voice of God, the audible voice of God, and what it should cause us to do. Um, and I didn't hear an audible voice from God that called me into ministry, but it was very near that. I was, I've shared some of this story with you before, with some of you before, but I was working on a horse farm down in West Knox County, and God, a church asked me about taking on a position. I, I just, everything in me didn't want to do it. And I said, God, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to show up in a significant way to change my mind about this, uh, because everything in me just, just says, this is not for me. It's not a good fit for me. And I was, I had been praying in the barn. Uh, for, I don't know, probably 30, 40, 40 minutes about that. And it was extremely dark that day, uh, stormy that day. It wasn't, wasn't raining, but it was just really overcast and, and very dark. And I no sooner got up off my knees and praying that God would reveal himself to me in a significant way, slid up in the doors of the barn, <coughs> and about three feet in front of me was about a six-foot diameter circle of light a sun of a hole that looked like a pinhole through the clouds. Everything else is dark and black as you can be. A hole through the clouds come shining down in front of me in a, in a circle of light. I said, that's good enough for me. I, 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 I get it. You don't have to speak any louder than that. I get it. So uh, I wonder, though, what it would take for you to dynamite yourself off of the job you've always known if God had something better for you. If you had something more eternally significant for you. Uh, in fact, I wonder sometimes about, we, we usually think about younger folks in their late teens and early 20s being called into ministry. But I really believe that God is using, in fact, I see it, I hear stories after story uh, in our day and time about God using retired folks that he's called into ministry at, at at retiring, at retiring from their regular job and move them into missions, move them into ministry at some, some level. I wonder if God could be doing that in, in the church and in our culture today. And if so, if we're willing to listen and respond to that voice that, he's, that he leaves. Blessed hope calls the Magi to lay down their dreams for something bigger. He calls the shepherds to leave their jobs for something better. Thirdly and finally, the blessed hope caused a young girl to believe the impossible. It caused a young girl to believe the impossible. Listen to this story from Luke 1 again. It says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be according may it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. When you read this the entirety of this text in, in Luke one and Luke two, you'll discover that <clears throat> Mary was as in as much, if not more, disbelief about her being favored by God than this idea of, of a divine conception. She accepted, I think, this idea of divine conception far easier than she, she accepted her finding favor with God. He says, Mary, you found favor with me. This angel, angel Gabriel told her, you found favor with God. That blew her away. The fact that she, she was favored by God. And I wonder <clears throat> sometimes as he looks on us, if we are as surprised that he wants anything to do with us, as surprised that, that he finds favor in us instead of failure. I wonder if we're as surprised that he looks at us and sees hope instead of helplessness. I wonder if we're as taken aback by the fact that he looks at us and sees, sees production instead of potential. Uh, favor over faithfulness, hope over helplessness, and production over potential is what God sees when he looks at us. Now, sometimes whether that's the reality of our life or not in that, in that moment, in, in that situation, circumstance of life is another story. But those are the things God sees when he sees us. He sees favor. He sees hope. He sees production out of us instead of potential. And I wonder if we, if we are living according to that truth or if that has so taken us aback. Because here's, here's the reality. Whether the messenger <clears throat> in each one of these cases, whether it's a star to the, to the Magi, whether, whether the messenger is a heavenly choir or, uh, to, to the shepherds or whether it's an angel, specifically to Mary, or whether it's a, an ill-equipped pastor that's standing before you this morning. The messenger is insignificant. The message is what matters. The message that, that, that he comes and he's, Emmanuel has come to live in us and be in us and, and be a part of us. The message is the blessed hope has appeared and he's coming again soon. Uh, hope that will change you. Hope that will change your world. And hope that will change our world. As we close, I want to ask, literally and figuratively, what does a blessed hope cause you to do? What does a blessed hope of knowing him cause you to do? Of knowing that his, his return may be imminent. What's it caused you to do? Has it caused you to keep praying when you wanted to stop? Has it caused you to keep believing when you wanted to stop? Has it caused you to keep working, keep giving? What has it caused you to do? I want to spend the remainder of our time today, or probably just a few minutes, giving you the opportunity to answer that question. What does hope cause you to do? Who will be first to respond? What has hope caused you to do? Recently or years ago? Vincent Tammy, our new grandparents today. So most of you know their story of uh, when Krista was conceived and, and old enough to be scanned and blood tested and all. They told them about Krista. She's likely not going to be delivered. She's likely not going to endure the pregnancy. And if so, we'll have some serious birth defects. Some serious mental defects. And what a beautiful young lady that's now blessed to be a mom. So hope caused them to, to walk through that pregnancy believing something bigger, something better than what they were told. Father, would you remind us today that the blessed hope that sent Jesus to the manger, sent Jesus to the cross. And the blessed hope that sent him to the cross, sent him back to the right hand of the Father. And that same hope 
tells us that he's coming again to receive his bride, the church, to himself as a spotless bride. And it's in that promise that we stand here today and worship you today. It's in the promise of you were who you said you were, that you did what you said you would do, fulfilled over 300 prophecies in, in your birth, death, burial, and resurrection. And the promise of your return is what clings us to hope today. To lean on the blessed hope who's coming again to receive his church. Now, as we're reminded of those things today, as we're reminded of what hope has done for us and done in us, would hope start to come through us tomorrow and the day after and the day after? Would it start to find its way into our attitudes, into our speech, into relationships, into work, in, in, into submitting to something bigger than us, like the wise men did, something better than us, like the shepherds did, something unfathomable, to believe the impossible, like Mary did? With those, that kind of hope start to come out of our conversations, out of our attitudes, out of our relationships, out of our work, out of the things we do with our hands, things we do with our hearts. And then, would that be seen as our hope is not in, a, in, in some kind of blind trust and blind faith, but it's in a person. Because hope has a name. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. So let's be people of hope. Live with hope and be hopeful to others and in front of others. Because if we can't, who can be? We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 